We began this weekend with the assertion that the first step in meditation is the attainment of radical freedom from belief. <clears throat> now we can delineate why and what is the significance and the necessity for that step. It is because when all belief has been removed from the surface layers of the mind, what remains is love. Our beliefs are a defense against love. We live in the head in order to avoid the heart. And by eliminating any hiding place in the head at the level of beliefs, we force ourselves to face the reality of the self as love. And our surrender is a surrender to love. It is the bringing to an end the fearful flight from love that is the ego's raison d'être. And thus we can define meditation and yoga as the practice of the purification and perfection of love. Love is what we are. Love is what God is. Whatever is real is real because it is love. But love exists on a spectrum of purity. And that is why there is a process called alchemy. Which is that process of the purification of love. The alloys of non-love must be removed so that love can be realized in its purest form. Today, <clears throat> thousands and thousands of Costa Ricans are marching in a pilgrimage to Cartago. Why? Because they are seeking to have an encounter with the symbol of the purity of love. That is the meaning of the virgin, of every virgin, whether the virgin of Costa Rica or of Guadalupe or wherever. The Virgin symbolizes love. Love in her purest form who will not degrade herself to be an object of desire or of lust. 
will not be used or abused and will not use or abuse others. It is the purity of love that is worshipped. And those virgins carry a golden halo because gold is the only way we can represent love in a form, a color. And that's why there is the gold standard for money. Because money, the lowest form of love, must at least retain that symbol of the golden halo of love which we see around those beings who have attained that level of divinity of love, of the purification of the alchemy of love, in which their hearts have become again golden through the removal of the alloy of desire. The ego works on the principle of desire, not of love. And it is the apparent war between these two principles which has determined the course of history. It's not a real war because love never descends to war, but desire, which comes from the lack of love in the ego and the refusal of love and the fear of love, chooses to desire objects upon which it can project its love rather than to realize that it is love. And so we love the Virgin, but will we live as the Virgin? No. In real life, we will defile the Virgin. And yet we know that our life depends upon that love. And without that love, we die. And we are dying as a planetary species because we have lost touch with love. Now, love never disappears, but it becomes so impure that it turns into its opposite of hate. Because rather than love being the purity of God consciousness, of the emptiness that receives the other wholeheartedly and the fullness that gives generously and wholeheartedly, instead, desire takes what it can and demands what it can and gives as little as it can. because desire is based on fear, which is the absence of love. And so we have come down to a level of society in which we are capable of love, but only love of money. Love of physical beauty, but only to possess it and defile it. Love of beautiful sunsets, but only to control and then sell those properties from which you can see the sunset to make more money. Love of nature, but only to tear it down and turn it into profit. 
And so, yes, there is still love, but love in its most defiled form. And if we are to survive, we must purify our love. And meditation is that act in which we realize ourselves as love in the purest form. Because we constrain the body from acting out any desire, we sit still, we don't move. Love wants to move, wants to grasp, wants to possess, wants to claim a territory. Desire wants to own. But love doesn't need even space or time, and that's why love is represented by emptiness and the infinitesimal. It doesn't need to occupy space or time. It can give that. But it is the basis upon which all space and time and all universes emerge out of the creative power of love. Love knows no gender. It is not that love belongs to the divine feminine and that power is represented by the masculine. No. Our essence, whether in a male or a female body, is equally the same. It is pure love. And that is why there is no difference between us. There is a difference in how love is expressed. And historically, there is a difference in the social roles of those in male and female bodies. And the social role of the women has been to love the children and raise them and care for them and be those reservoirs of love to whom the men as the hunters and the warriors and the guardians of the women and the children willing to give their lives up to protect them from dangers could then come home and enjoy a respite and an oasis from a world of power struggles, but struggles always in the service of love. But our struggles are no longer in the service of love. They are now in the service of desire. And the ego, whether in a male or in a female body, is the same. It is not divine and it is not loving. It is the desire principle of the ego that must be overcome and surrendered to the higher power of pure love. And today the egos are either so overbearing and demanding that they claim territories that they do not deserve and push others out of it and kill others who are in territories that they want to have, which is the basis of colonialism and empires, but it happens as well at the individual level of life. And there are wounded egos who have been so hurt, who feel so worthless, that they cannot even open their eyes and their hearts to receive love because they cannot take the chance again of being rejected or betrayed by a false love. And so everyone is walking around either as a wounded or a wounder. 
and those who wound others and take rather than giving do so because they don't believe that love is real anymore. They don't believe in the Virgin, they don't believe in Christ, they don't believe in Buddha consciousness, they don't believe that the Tao is the Tao of love. We have become cynics in regard to love, and yet we know in our hearts that we must love, that love is a matter of life and death. And that draws us on pilgrimages of love. But it is not satisfying to walk to Cartago to see a picture of the Virgin and hear speeches about the Virgin and about love. Love must be living, it must be real, it must be felt. It must fill the heart and nourish us. We must create a living community of virgins who are not just the emblems and symbols of love, but who emanate love, who are the embodiments of love. And such a community will become the pilgrimage place of the future. It is this that is the task of this historic moment, to bring love back to life. We have forced love to transcend life. We have placed the Virgin in heaven, but she is no longer walking here on earth. And we have turned all of those beings of love who no longer walk on earth because it is no longer a safe place for lovers and for beloved virgins who will be abused and raped if they walk on our roads. And we have turned thought into representations and explanations of love at best but thought no longer serves love, but again has become totally involved in the service of the ego and the aggrandizement of the ego. And thought cannot serve love any longer, and therefore religion can no longer serve love until we have returned to love and brought love back to earth as it is in heaven. And so meditation, if it is real, is the act of love, of becoming love, of the commitment to be love. and to renounce the desire for love and for objects upon which we project our love and to make as proxies and substitutes for love. We must accept no substitute. And we must not settle 
for desiring to know those who love or to study love in books. But we must have the courage to realize love in our hearts and to live as love and put down our weapons and our shields and open our hearts to that pure vulnerability that is willing to offer love without demanding its return. Love is love because it does not demand a return. And that is why it is the opposite of capitalism. It doesn't need to make a profit. It itself is the profit. And all the prophets have been those beings who have gained the merit of divine love and who could offer that overwhelming love in the form of wisdom and healing and blessing. And it is no accident that the function of a priest is to hear confessions. But the priest must be, or the priestess, must be one who has attained that level that we call virginity, the purity of love in itself, love without an object, who only in that state has the power to absolve the other of the sin of failing to love or of abusing love, or of rejecting love, or of violating one's own capacity for love. If there is to be a new age, it is the result of the return of love to our world. If the kingdom of heaven means anything, it is a world in which love is the hegemonic power. Not weapons, not money, not territory, not propaganda, but just purity of love. It was asked last night whether it was egoistic to go inward to find love rather than to do acts of love in the world but love itself is the most powerful action and the only real action. It was spoken of about Padre Pio, who is famous for being someone who never left his monastery. He wasn't allowed to leave. The Vatican authorities forbade him to leave because he was becoming too popular. And they were afraid his popularity would overcome that of the Pope and there would be a schism in the religion. They were afraid of him. They should have put him and made him the Pope, but no, they hid him away. But his power of love caused him to appear to others in all parts of the world. People reported seeing him in front of them. He was locked away physically in his monastery, but he appeared in many places. He didn't just bilocate, he multilocated. 
There's even a report of a pilot in a plane during World War II, and he appeared in front of him in the air and said, turn away, there's anti-aircraft fire here, go in another direction. And the pilot turned to change direction and saved the lives of everyone on board. So who is more effective? Here is someone whose love can create as many bodies as he needs. The body is only a vehicle of love. When we realize that we are not bodies, that's the beginning of love. And then we can create bodies at will. That's what God does. <laughs> That's what an ecosystem is. The wasps support the orchids, and the orchids give life to the wasps. We are all part of a unity of love. Our differences are only differences of how love functions in the world. Like we have different organs in our body and the heart has one and the liver has another and the kidneys have another, but they all serve love. If they don't, there is cancer and the body becomes sick and dies. Or there is heart failure, heart attacks. And all of the symptoms of suffering in the body are because we suffer from a lack of love love for others and love for ourselves, for our own body, but as an instrument of love. Padre Pio's love was literally capable of healing the illnesses of everyone who prayed to him for help, to intercede with God on their behalf. And there are thousands and thousands of documented testimonials. But he is not the only one, and such testimonials exist about Ramana. And he also didn't leave his ashram, but people saw him in other cities and received wisdom from him and had dreams about him, and he appeared in the visions before them and also miracles of healing are recorded about him. And similarly, there are many, many miracles about Ananda Ma, that beautiful woman who was the embodiment of the bliss of love. She was a nightmare now to her husband. <laughs> he couldn't live with her and he couldn't live without her. She wouldn't let him touch her. She was a virgin. She didn't even have that Shazam experience because she was born already Shazam. <laughs> she never had an ego to let go of. And she overcame all the limitations that they put on women in India. You know, women aren't even allowed to leave home alone. They have to have chaperones and men all around them. And they can't be alone at any point. And they're treated like children. But she broke all those rules. And he became her disciple. That was the only way he could continue to live with her. And eventually he too 
was able to purify his desire into love and became an embodiment of the Virgin and deserved his name of Bolanath. The Lord who is easygoing because he is always giving of his love. The Lord of mercy, the Lord of kindness, and this is our true nature, all of us, to live in loving kindness. If we take anything from this weekend of meditation, let it be that we realize that we are beings whose essence is loving kindness. And our meditations are simply opportunities to enter into the heart and allow love to flow and to make sure it is never dammed up. That is what damnation is, to dam up the love out of fear that it will be taken from us or abused or rejected or we will be abandoned or too vulnerable. All of those are excuses and are illusory. And when we have purified our love of ego and of fear and of desire, each of us is that divinity that we symbolize as the Virgin. We are that. We don't have to become it, but we must realize it in time and space through the experience of recognizing that a life of non-love is not worth living. No matter how much money we have, or power, or fame, or fortune, or good looks, or whatever it is that we base the ego's pride upon, it is only love that makes life worth living. And so whatever process we must get to in order to purify our love, whether it is a process of forgiveness of those who have hurt us, or forgiveness of ourselves for having hurt others, or for having loved money and objects and sex and drugs too much, or having loved any of the arts which are for the expression of love for the wrong reason, if we have loved music for fame and fortune rather than for love, then we know we want to purify that and use our music for love to express the divine beauty of love. We want to use our skills in cooking for love or in woodworking or in writing poetry or in planting food crops in order to support life, or in building homes, or in whatever it is that the human functions and talents and gifts that any individual has been born with or learned in our education, it is all for the service of love. And when we live as servants of love, we are fulfilled. 
and we live in peace and we die in peace and we die into ever greater love that is eternal life. And so we have come here for a weekend of meditation. But that means a time in which we focus on the sacred love within and the sacred love that bonds us together as a community. The sacred love that expresses uh, itself as bars of chocolate Mm -hmm. that are shared among us and of songs and music that is played for our delight and in all of the ways that we treat each other with kindness and with appreciation and receiving one another with open hearts and eyes that see that which is beautiful and perfect in each of us. It is that that nourishes us And it is that that will protect us and redeem us when the money system collapses and the food system is gone. And this is why saints can live without eating because we live on love. And when we learn to be nourished fully on love, we won't need food. But when we eat food, we know we are eating signifiers of love and that our first relationship with our mother is eating her as food, literally drinking her. And so food and love have become an equation. But it is love that is primary. It is love that is our food, not food that is our love. It is love that is the source of all value. And we become valuable and beings who have something valuable to offer the more we dedicate ourselves to emanating love and disseminating love and forgiving those who have run away from love and help them to heal from the fear of love by showing again that love has the courage to live as nonviolence as peace and that love does not require armies and that love does not require bank accounts and that love does not require all the accoutrements of power but that love in its pure form alone will get through the eye of the needle into the next age 
and produce a world in which there is no need for money or guns or hierarchies of power. And all true hierarchies will be recognized as those of the rule of those who are most loving, who are the most disinterested in power, in territory, in possession, those whose purity of love has become absolute. And that is the kingdom of heaven. Let us build that kingdom now. Before the kingdom of hell totally collapses in ruins so that there are refuges, there are outposts of the kingdom of heaven to which people can come and be saved as souls and in their bodily form. And may we have the courage to live as love even in that world out there that does not recognize love. Let us be outposts of the light of love and have the courage to be rejected or misunderstood or ridiculed or crucified but never be untrue to love. And in this alone we shall know the meaning of salvation. May these days that we have spent together in meditation, in silence, in peace, in love, stay with us in our hearts and inspire us to live in love always and to share this love and multiply this love. And know that the more of this love that you give, the more that you will have. This is the economy of love. And this is the victory of love over death. Because for love there is no death. There is no pain, there is no suffering. Love itself is bliss. May we know that gift of grace that is the ultimate bliss of the opening of our hearts to the God of love who dwells within you and be healed.
You are all divine. You are all beautiful. You all have within you perfect love. And you have never been anything but that. May you accept this truth now without reservation and be free.